Greetings, my name is Griffin Schaefer. And my name is Scott Peterson. And this is episode 107 of Inside Quizzing. A podcast about Bible quizzing for folks who love the Bible. And in this episode 107, we are going to be talking about tips for new people in new roles. Or actually, I guess it's it's whether or not you are a new person or not. Uh, it is basically, if you are taking on a new role, we're going to be uh, talking about that. Predominantly in terms of rookies. Uh, let's say you are a first-time uh, quizzer. You haven't ever quizzed before, or if you have, it's just been in practice or like at Scramble Meet or something like that. We have a quiz meet that is coming up in less than five days. It's going to start on Saturday the 13th, and it will start at 8.30 in the morning with announcements. First quiz is promptly at 9. It will be the intense meet intense uh, at ABC, or te technically, I guess, in, in ABC's backyard, quite literally. Uh, we'll have three tents set up and heaters and so forth. Um, theoretically, the weather is going to be ter uh, fairly reasonable. It's going to be chilly uh, Saturday morning. We will have the heaters going but nevertheless uh it may be cold so wear you know reasonable amounts of clothing uh you can always you know take some you know layers off and put them in the cars uh if it if it gets warm but if you do not bring extra clothing you cannot put the extra clothing on so always a good idea to be prepared so yeah that first meet is coming up in less than five days and all the registration is in and all the, you know, the schedule draw roster and stuff is uh, ready to rock and roll. And in looking at the registration information that came in, it turns out there's quite a number of rookies. We actually have uh, a total of 46% uh, of our registered uh, quizzers are rookies for this uh, season. Uh, and certainly this will be their first dist official district meet that they're involved in uh, for these 46% uh, uh, rookies. And I think there's actually a couple of rookies who are planning on quizzing this year, but aren't able to make this first meet. So that number may go up a little bit from 46 to say 48, maybe even 50% uh, of the district being uh, rookies. So I wanted to, you know, sort of collaborate here with Scott on and brainstorm really what kind of, you know, what are some tips that we could share for rookies quizzing at their first meet? So let's talk about in general, we don't exactly know, you know, as a rookie, uh, let's assume you haven't quizzed at Scramble because Scramble gives you some context uh, for what you're going to be experiencing. But let's say you've quizzed at a local practice, but, you know, given the universe of COVID and, and you know, teams, I know there's at least one team that is conducting practices remotely over Zoom because they've got a fairly wide geographic distribution of the people on their team. And so actually having an in-person meet or in-person practice is impractical for them on a weekly basis. So uh, they're doing things over Zoom, so they're not getting quite the, uh, you know, bench practice or, or, or seat practice that they would, uh, maybe another team might be getting. So with all that in mind, Scott, what are kind of your top couple, three, five tips that you would want to, you know, bits of nuggets of wisdom for rookies going into their first quiz meet? Well, I think mainly there are, there really isn't a lot of stuff that you have to know that is like bad if you don't. Um, I think some amount of experience jumping is really, really useful. So if you haven't jumped on any sort of jump equipment ever, um, I would get to the scramble meet a little bit early and try to practice even for if it's for five minutes. Um, I don't think a whole lot is required, but it's 
it's a different thing. So I, I would I, I would encourage people to get some level of comfort. Um, and then as time goes on, you will learn more about what you want to have happen when you jump as far as how much you want to physically be moving or and things like that. But you can pick it up over time. There are a very small number of rules that you should learn, um, mainly around how to conduct yourself when you are on the stage while quizzing. So things like um, you should make a big effort to, if you're answering, to make sure that the quiz master can hear you well. Um, you can't start to answer until the quiz master calls your name. Um, there are very few times that you can talk to your teammates, um, basically between questions. Uh, but there's some more detail than that. So just some of the, like, what can you do while on the stage, I think is useful to know, because that can be disruptive to a quiz. Beyond that, you can learn everything else at whatever pace you want to learn. There is no need to know um, 98% of the rule book when you start quizzing. There's no need, to, no need to know all the question types when you start quizzing. Um, if you've memorized anything, then I think you're you're in a good spot where you can hopefully get some questions, but my overarching advice. So I guess get some comfort with the physical act of jumping on jump equipment, learn the few rules about what to do when you're on a stage during a quiz. And then after that, I would just say, keep things small. There's no reason that you need to learn everything. So if you're not going to memorize all the verses, that's fine. Memorize whatever you're planning to memorize um, try to memorize it really well and review it. Um, you don't need to jump on all question types. You can just jump on one question type. So I think those would be my those would be my tips. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I would say you know when you're you know practically as a rookie coming into your first district meet, especially if you haven't been there for scramble, there's going to be a fair bit of stuff that doesn't you're not really super clear on. And I would say most of it you don't really need to know. I mean, it's useful, it's helpful, but it's not really that big of a deal. I think the biggest thing is uh, pay attention to what the other people on your team are doing, right? Pay attention to your captain, pay attention to what the other teams are doing and act accordingly, right? Just sort of mirror what you see other people doing. And if you mirror, you're basically going to be right you're going to be doing the right thing 90 plus percent of the time, right? Um, don't talk unless you're answering a question or it's during a timeout. Um, keep your hands and feet to yourself and so forth when you're sitting on your seat, all that kind of good stuff. But otherwise, just generally follow the the customs that you're seeing happening within a quiz, right? Um, it's okay to treat the first few questions of a quiz as sort of an analysis period where, you know, if you're sitting there, you don't necessarily have to jump on the first question of your, of your very first quiz, right? You can observe how other people are doing things, the rhythm that the quiz is going through and kind of get accustomed to that process, right? Now, I, I would say that that's assuming that you have to quiz in the very first set of quizzes that, that we're going to be doing on Saturday. Not everyone is going to be doing that. There's there's only three tents and there's uh, 16 teams. So there's quite a number of uh, opportunities to, you know, depending upon where you happen to be sorted within the prelim draw, there's quite a lot of opportunity to be able to observe quizzes while not being on, you know, within a quiz itself. And that's going to be a great opportunity. Watch quizzes 
and listen to the questions, listen to the pacing and so forth. Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm telling my daughter, my daughter's, you know, quizzing for the first time this year. She's one of that 46% of rookies. I didn't even bother telling her about all the question types when we started, you know, uh, studying and, and preparing. I didn't tell her at all about keyverse, the keyverse list until like, I think yesterday, um, mostly because she was involved in a Zoom practice and there was a question and somebody challenged and said, well, that, that question is a, a quote question or finished question or whatever. And it's not on the, on the key verse list. And, uh, my daughter whips her head around to me and, and, and was like, what is a key verse list? I've never heard of this before. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Well, I'll tell you after the practice. Right. And so that's why I told her about it, but it's like, it's not that relevant, you know, when you're a rookie, when you're, when you're you know, first starting up, right? Now, if you're a captain, yeah, you need to care about these things. But as a rookie, don't don't worry about it. You know, trust your captain, trust your coach, um, and and trust the quiz masters and so forth. Uh, they're they're going to try to keep things fair and and accurate. Really, the biggest thing is memorize, memorize as close to word perfect as you can, memorize with references, and try to get you know a solid chunk of material. Uh, stored in your brain and then get comfortable with jumping and answering questions. And you can do some of that in practice, but it is a very different thing between a practice and competition, right? In a practice, it's very informal. Uh, if you mess up, if you if you do something that might be considered a foul, like if you talk during the reading of a question, it's not that big of a deal. Um, everybody's very supportive. Now, granted, everybody's going to be very supportive at a quiz meet too, but there is a certainly there, there's going to be a certain higher level of stress, right? A higher level of you know this is not just practice. This is performance. I have to get it right, you know, kind of stuff, and that's natural. Uh, just try as best you can to ignore it and focus on enjoying the process, enjoying the fun of your first few, you know, quizzes and so forth. Your very first quiz in a, in a full-on official quiz meet is never going to happen again. You can only ever have your very first quiz once. So do your best to try to enjoy that moment uh, before it becomes routine. I would also try to not draw universal conclusions immediately. Um, your first quiz might be against very impressive and experienced quizzers, and you might think that everyone's like that. Um, so, yeah, don't draw universal conclusions immediately. Yeah, that's very, very true. The other thing to keep in mind is not everyone on every team is the same, right? So if you start quizzing your very first quiz, and within the first 10 questions, the speed is really sharp and it's really hard to get questions and uh, get, you know, wind jumps and so forth accurately at the pace that you want. And you're feeling like overwhelmed by like, wow, there are some really good people on this stage with me. Uh, I don't stand a chance. Don't worry about it in, you know, the first 10 questions and the second 10 questions can be different. It kind of depends on when people on that stage want to jump and grab their, their questions. So if you've got an internationals bound quizzer, they may try to grab their four questions within the first, you know, say 10 questions or something like that. They're going to be strategic about it. They're not going to be terribly urgently trying to grab their four, but they're going to grab their four in a fairly expeditiously, strategically targeted way. And that may feel daunting to you, but once they quiz out, then that's an opportunity for you to be ready 
and grab the next set of questions, right? So I would say like, you know, listen to the process, jump at the speed that you're comfortable with, enjoy the flow of things. Don't take anything as a universal data point, right? Um, you're, you know, if you go and observe, let's say you're in tenth three and you observe tenth three's quiz master for a quiz, and then you quiz in tenth three, uh, don't then assume tenths one and two are going to be exactly the same as tenth three. <laughs> That's going to be, it's going to be very different, right? The teams that you're going to face in the different, in the, di your different prelims are going to be different, but the quiz masters are going to be different, right? They're going to have a slightly different reading pace. They're going to have a slightly different way they conduct their, their, their tents, their rooms and how they conduct, uh, conduct those quizzes. So just kind of go with the flow until you have enough data points to sort of draw themes and patterns and so forth and then do the honestly i think the biggest thing is just do your best to have as much fun as possible in the moment and then a big a big thing that you can do that's fun is you talk about the meet when it's done with other people um, either your other teammates or coaches and you can share experiences and information and that can be a lot of fun yeah indeed well and we're going to have a fair bit of downtime um between uh, between quizzes, right? There's not going to be a lot of back-to-back -back, uh, prelims. So you will have time to, you know, fellowship and, and talk with other quizzers, uh, assuming that you can do so outside of the tents in, in a way that is not particularly loud. Uh, theoretically, on Saturday, I don't believe we're actually supposed to get a ton of rain on Saturday. So there may be an opportunity where you can actually go and chat with other quizzers outside of the tents between quizzes and actually chat about how things are going and trade strategies and tips and ideas and so forth and make friends. It's a wonderful opportunity for all of that stuff. I got nothing else to add. All right. Well, so let's move on from rookies to coaches. Let's say you're a coach, uh, and we've talked about like coach tips in general, but why don't we focus that on how would you coach a rookie? So if you're a, a coach, whether a rookie coach or an experienced coach, what would you recommend to those coaches for how they coach their rookie? So it definitely is going to be more difficult if you are a rookie coach, because whatever you observe, you don't know what's um, normal or average or good or bad, right? As far as performance among both your own quizzers and other quizzers. So that is definitely going to make it more difficult. But in general, I think one of the main things a coach is doing has nothing to do with the actual quiz and the strategy of a quiz. You're purely managing expectations and emotions of your quizzers. Um, and I think it's best to, to try to keep their focus as small and narrow as you can, um, both because they will do better. Um, well, I guess mainly because they will do better. And if they want to make that focus bigger as time goes on, that's totally fine. Um, but in general, your quizzers are going to be prone to um, larger emotion swings than, um, I don't know, I'm not saying than is necessary, but like you can kind of, keep the the ship more even keeled for them and help help guide them through that because airing three times and then having to leave the stage is like not the most fun experience <laughs> or, <laughs> right right or having your light come on um when you didn't intend to and the quizmaster calls your name and to like a young rookie you know they don't always know like am i forced to stand up and like answer in this so like 
these situations will probably happen. And you're there to like help your quizzer know that things are totally fine. Um, and as much as possible, you're there to learn as well. And if possible, learn faster than your quizzer. So um, you have a larger perspective. And so you will see, oh, obviously this one quizzer on another team is very, very good. And they quizzed out very fast. But once they quizzed out, everyone was kind of similar in experience and ability to all of my quizzers. And that can be information that you share with them afterwards when they're shell-shocked by what happened in the first six questions, right? Right. I would say I... I... I generally, so I have two ways of coaching. I think I have my great West internationals mindset, and then I have my, my, my rookie mindset and somewhere in the, they meet at some point in the middle and I'm sure it's a spectrum, but I'm not so nuanced as a coach to be able to have a spectrum. I think I just sort of have an on off switch, you know, kind of like, am I, am I, am I talking to a rookie or am I talking to you know, somebody who could make internationals or something. And that, that's I, very different universes there. But generally, when I am coaching, say, more senior level uh, people, I tend to be very blunt and very like, here's what you did correct. Here's what you did incorrect. Don't do the incorrect thing again. <laughs> do the correct thing again, you know, kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll just be, I'll be, I'll be very matter of fact about it, right? Like, so I don't like, I, I'm definitely not a, you know, well, I mean, this would be anathema in quizzing, but I don't yell at quizzers. I don't get in their face about mistakes. I don't do any of the, the sort of the sports coaching uh, memes or any of that kind of stuff. I, I find it deeply annoying um, at best and oftentimes deeply wrongheaded um, on a number of fronts, uh, let alone the fact that it's just anathema in, in quizzing. But, uh, you know, generally always very supportive at all levels, but I tend to be very blunt about like, okay, you did this correct, you did this incorrect, you know, kind of stuff. Whereas with rookies, I think, and I, I don't, I don't have any empirical evidence to support this necessarily. It's just sort of a feeling. It feels like being constantly positive and, and reinforcing the positive is most worthwhile for beginning rookies, right? You, you tell them the rules, you tell them, you know, here's what you should do and not do and that kind of stuff. But regardless of what they do, you find something to praise them over, you know, you, you find something to encourage them because, uh, you know, it, realistically quizzing is daunting. It's weird. It's not something that you can really prepare for until you're actually doing it, right? You can only prepare with quizzing by doing quizzing there. It's, it's sort of like, um, you know, like I do, I used to do competitive um, cycling when I was a lot younger and in better shape. Um, I would do competitive cycling and, uh, you know, I would do, I was, well, some of us would do running. I was not, I did run, but I wasn't particularly great at running, but I would do swimming. I wasn't particularly great at swimming either, but I would do swimming as a way of exercising and getting uh, stronger for bicycling. And so the idea was like, I could prepare, I could prepare for a bicycle race by going swimming. I could prepare for a bicycle race by going running, you know, these kind of things. It wasn't quite as good as cycling in terms of like the exact muscle groups in the right way. And, uh, you know, the mentality behind it, the strategy behind, you know, how you're supposed to, uh, work on a, any particular stage of, of any particular race, but it was at least still preparing to some degree, right? In quizzing, I mean, there's certainly the memorizational work that you need to do and the practice work that can be done. But other than doing quizzing, it's really hard to prepare for quizzing. You know, like you can't um, 
you can't do a bunch of math problems or memorize Shakespeare and have that somehow make you a better quizzer, I don't think. Um, so really, I think, you know, given the fact that rookies really can only start getting better in the process of quizzing, you really have to give them a lot of encouragement to stick with it, even though they can be facing a lot, you know, like, like what Scott was just ta uh, talking about. If you air out as a rookie, it can be devastating. Uh, you got to be able to support them and say like, it's okay. It's, this is, this happens. It's totally cool. You did great in some other way and find those things. They have to be real, like don't make up stuff, but find things that you can praise your quizzers for and, and praise them for that. I've seen some coaches in our district who are particularly amazing at doing that. They find things that they can praise their quizzers for, and they, they have a sort of like a perpetual positive attitude whenever they are in sort of coach mode. And it, it's pretty impressive. Some other things of perspective are when people are first learning about quizzing, they just assume that every participant memorizes everything. And that's not true. Um, if your quizzer is getting one question a quiz, they're probably in the top 30 to 40% of quizzers. If they're getting one question or two quizzes, they're probably in the top half to 60%. Um, so I think people see quizzers quizzing out with regularity and somehow assume that that's the norm, even though there's 20 questions and 12 quizzers and they can't all quiz out in two quizzes <laughs> worth. Um, so... I think that perspective can be really, really helpful when you're coaching rookies, when they get one question and you know that if that's all they get over the next three to four quizzes, they're still going to be in the top, you know, three quarters of quizzers or two thirds of quizzers. Um, and you can encourage them about that. Yeah, indeed. Well, what do you think for new captains? What advice would, what tips or advice would you give to new captains? And let's assume that this new captain is not also a rookie that, that can happen. Like if you're starting up a new team, uh, or you have a, an enormous number of new people, you know, joining up in quizzing, uh, you know, a coach may have no choice but to put a rookie in as captain. Um, but, you know, let's assume, let's start with like captains who have some level of experience. What would be your advice for them? I really think that, a, especially in the district, a captain's role is they're like a mini coach in that they are the steady presence um, and they just happen to be on the stage. So they're closer to all the all of their teammates, and they can talk to their teammates much easier between questions. And so you are really that stabilizing force. I think things like challenging and protesting, and or challenging and rebutting, or um, like challenging to stand up for your teammates. I don't. I, I think all of that is like pretty minor as a responsibility of a captain. But you're there to. Um, you can, if you know about it, you can help with strategy. Like oh these two quizzers should definitely jump on question 20 or all of us should definitely sit on question 20. Um, but I think the main purpose of a captain is you are that mini coach on the stage. And so you are um, setting that even keel, um, encouraging the quizzers. Um, you're especially like when they are walking back to their seat after an error. I think that's the main point of a captain. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the role of challenging and so forth in 
in the, at the district level is not, especially in prelims, is not that important. Um, I think if you are skilled at it, if you if you're comfortable with it, by all means, challenge. Right. I, I I'm I'm not trying to say like don't bother with with challenging. Quite the contrary. I think challenging is a very important, you know, really critical part of the sort of the quizzing universe. Um, I'm just saying that the difference in challenging versus not challenging in prelims by and large is very small, right? Um, so like, and th this is kind of a bit of a tip, I guess, for experienced captains who are out there, especially the challenge happy captains, the ones who love to like nitpick uh, on challenges, by all means, go ahead and nitpick, right? Like, I, I mean, well, okay, let me, let me, you know, walk that back slightly, do whatever your coach tells you to do, right? So if your coach is saying don't nitpick, then, then do what your coach says. But in, in, you know, in absence of any directives from your coach, if you feel like you want a nitpick challenge, by all means, go ahead and nitpick challenge. Just recognize that you shouldn't invest a lot of like personal energy in being victorious in your challenges because the payout isn't worth it, right? Like go ahead and challenge and go through the process, but don't invest a lot of personal emotive energy in trying to win your challenge. Um, certainly, you know, argue effectively uh, for your point of view uh, and, and, and logically, right? But if you, you know, win or lose the challenge, shrug it off, move on to the next question, that's going to be your most valuable thing is, is prepping your team for the next question. Right. So, you know, as, as uh, you know, as Scott was saying, you know, win or if a, uh, if a quizzer wins or, or misses a question on their way back to their seat, encourage them, right. Whatever it happens to be, you know, high five them or, you know, give them a pat on the shoulder on the back or something like that. Like, like all that sort of level of encouragement, um, vocal or not is a, a useful, profound thing. It sets sort of the, the culture of your team, right? So if you as a captain are always encouraging, then your, uh, quizzers, the quizzers on your team are going to see that they're going to mimic you. They're going to emulate your sort of a positive attitude and they're going to be positive with each other and with themselves. Right. Uh, and that's a very infectious thing. Then uh, the negative side of that is also infectious, right? If you're, if you, you know, if you're grumpy, if you're not very happy with how the quiz is going, that's going to invade the rest of your team and it's going to kind of pull your team down a bit. So strive to be as positive as you can, uh, strive to be as encouraging as you can. Um, Go ahead and challenge when you feel like you're you know ready to challenge and there's something that you want to challenge on. But I think the biggest thing is the encouragement aspect of it. The other thing is between quizzes, encouraging your quizzers to decompress while not going AWOL is really important, right? So this year is going to be a little bit different because there isn't exactly... There aren't really places to just go and be AWOL, um, but like, and what, what I should, I should clarify what, what I mean by that. Uh, absent without leave, it, it's a, it, AWOL is a term from the military. It basically means like you, you get done with a quiz. Let's say there's four quizzes on your team and one of them just disappears. Like you have no idea where they are, you know, kind of stuff. You, you want to avoid that. Um, but you also want to ensure that your quizzers have an opportunity to decompress, to store up their energy or restore as much of their energy potential as they have uh, before they get into the next quiz. Because again, like, you know, in the beginning of the, of the meet, the first two, three, four, you know, prelims, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. But if your team does well, makes it into the top nine bracket, 
halfway through the top nine bracket, that in energy conservation is a it becomes a very very big deal like like you you end up hitting a wall uh somewhere around quiz def or something like that there's this wall that if you can push through energetically for your entire team uh it, it's a big deal it, it can make a huge difference between you know getting uh you know getting uh, uh ousted from the from the from the bracket or being able to make it into finals right so uh, encourage your team to be able to get energy restoration what, in whatever way that happens to be. And both coaches and captains are like very, very mini and amateur psychologists where you are trying to understand the different personalities of your quizzers and what they might need best. Like I, I knew of quizzers that were very, very driven and very good at quizzing and any mistake they made, they were very negative about and hard on themselves. And that type of personality needs a lot more encouragement and validation um, than maybe a different personality where they maybe are too laid back, especially while quizzing and need some kind of focus instilled in them. Um, and everyone is going to be different and everyone is going to want different things. And so you are mainly the coach, but also the captain is kind of there to figure this out and help people um, along w with whatever path they want to go on. Yeah, very true. So here's a question for you. We, we, we sort of very briefly touched on it at the beginning of this particular topic, but let's say there is a brand new captain who happens to also be a brand new quizzer. So it's a rookie quizzer, rookie captain. What advice would you give to that quizzer? Don't worry about being a captain. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I think that's very true. Don't, just don't even just be a quizzer first. I think that's probably the biggest thing, right? Yeah, because there are some some quizzers that have realized that it is fine to not give a rebuttal when someone else challenges because they don't have one. Um, other quizzers are not comfortable with this. They will they will make up something on the spot. And so, like, just know that as a captain, there's nothing that you have to do, right? Like, you you are not forced to give a rebuttal. We don't have a notion of tie jumps between teammates where the captain has to, without looking at them, pick one, right? So there might be like almost no duty that a captain is like required to do. Right, indeed. So I wouldn't worry yourself about that. That is one of the things, if you are a rookie, or even if you're not a rookie, that you can learn slowly. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, last I last uh, topic tip jar here. Uh, what would you advise or what would you recommend as tips for new officials? Now, I don't actually think we have. Well, do we have? I think we have a couple of new officials. Yeah, but they're they're doing things. I mean, I don't think we have new quiz masters per se. But let's say let's say you know across the line, new you know quiz master, um, new answer judge, new scorekeeper. What would what would you recommend for each of those three roles if they are the very first time doing it at a district meet? Okay, so I think I have two thoughts that are kind of really oppose not opposing, but um, kind of opposing. So one is, well, no, they go together. I think that the roles of the officials are very, very important. Um, I'm probably overselling it, but I think you have a pretty high obligation to um, I think at a minimum is put in a lot of effort. Um, I don't think anyone is expecting a new official to be the best official or technically perfect at whatever they are doing, but they are expecting like a high level of effort and um, like attention to detail. 
So I know I had my favorite scorekeeper that brought their own pencils and pencil sharpeners and extra pencils and also score sheets. So they were not reliant on anybody else to do the entire scope of their job. Um, you'll see it with quiz masters who bring their own like power strips and two to three prong um, outlet converters. And like they are prepared for whatever um, because they know that their role is important and they can't rely on other officials or um, the host church to have equipment and materials that they need to do their job. So um, thinking about what is required to do your job and making sure you're prepared there. And then as much as you can be prepared before meet starts, do that. So if that's a scorekeeper, it's, tr- you know, try to know all of the scoring rules. If, if you're a quiz master, tr- I would focus on um, the talking side of it. So how to read questions, what are the prompts that you have to give during a quizzer's 30 seconds. I would focus on those above rulings stuff because the ruling stuff even if you get it wrong like objectively wrong it can be fixed it can be fixed by other officials it can be fixed by challenges and it can be fixed by protests but if you're not great at reading questions um, unless you are doing something blatantly incorrect that can't be fixed Um, so i would focus on the reading and kind of the verbal side of being a quiz master so i don't think anyone is required is expecting a first time or a a new official to be technically awesome and perfect, but I think they are expecting you to have thought about your role, be as prepared as you can be and have a high level of effort. Yeah. I, I don't think you were taking it too far. In fact, I'm going to actually double down on what you said. I I think the officials have an outsized role in the success or non-success of the quizzing program. I think a, a, a good quiz master in the sense of encouraging, but absolutely fair and predictable and reliable. Uh, you know, somebody who follows the rules, who may have their own opinions about what rules are good or, and, or not good, but will still follow the rule book is, is really important. Like uh, I think anybody who gets involved and invests enough time to be a very good quiz master ultimately is going to have opinions about certain rules and is going to have some rules that they really detest and want to see removed. And that's natural, right? Uh, we all have a series of rules, uh, positive, negative, that we, we would love to see burned with unquenchable fire, but we still have to rule based on what the rule book says uh, or and or, you know, advocate to change the rule book or advocate to, you know, create a, a, an exception to the rule at the district level or whatever it happens to be. Right. But where, whatever it is, whatever rule set you are running a quiz by, you can't change those rules. Like you can't just override those rules because you want to in the middle of a quiz. Right. Um, you have to follow the rules that, are, that have been agreed to um, for that meet, for that district, for, for whatever the context happens to be, right? Um, so in that light, I totally agree that like no one is expecting perfection. Um, perfection is perhaps maybe not even attainable, um, although it is very interesting and fun to try uh, to be a, you know, a perfect official, but nobody is expecting perfection. But I believe, I, tr- I truly believe in my heart of hearts that everyone is expecting an unusual level of commitment to strive for perfection, right? 
and to strive to always be better than you were before in whatever capacity that happens to be. And it doesn't have to be a huge capacitance difference, but like striving to be 1% better than you were last quiz meet or whatever it happens to be and figuring out ways of doing that. One very easy, you know, I guess call it a hack to get better. Um, although it's not really a hack, I think everybody should be doing it. Every, all officials ought to be doing it is read the rule book. Like, um, you know, as a, as a brand new official, uh, you're going to be reading the rule book almost certainly because you're a brand new official and you're like, I want a definitive, you know, statement of what I'm supposed to do and say and be and all that kind of stuff. And that's in the rule book. Absolutely. Right. What it was always really kind of boggling to me are the, are the officials who have been officials for years, uh, who don't read the rule book every year. Because they just assume, well, I remember it from, you know, four years ago when I read it last. And it's like, no, I guarantee you, you don't remember it correctly. Like, like information wanes in our minds. Uh, we don't remember exactly the way something is phrased. We add things. That's the hardest thing to, to filter, right? Like if you encounter an idea, you might come to believe that it's in the rule book when it's not. And it's very, very difficult to identify those things and filter them out of your brain, right? So I'd say like, number one, something that every official can do, even if they've been around for, you know, 20 years, is you can grab a copy of the rule book and you can read through it and, and you can do it on the drive to the quiz meet, assuming you're not driving, because um, that would be bad. But, you know, pretty much unless you live 10 minutes away from, from the meet uh, location, you, 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 can, you can read the rule book on your, on your way there. Um, that's really important. Another thing is to practice, right? So we have, we have practices for quizzers. We have practices for coaches, but we don't exactly do practices for officials. So if you are an official, if let's say, if you're a quiz master, find a practice that you can go and quiz master for, right? Um, I'm sure there are coaches out there who would love to have a quiz master come in, sit in on a, a practice or two and quiz master a few quizzes, right? Um, Give that, you know, avail yourself of that opportunity because, you know, this is a practice is not a, is not a meet. It, it's a very, very low stress version of quizzing, right? Um, it's, you can make mistakes. It's not a big deal. You, you can experiment, you can try different things. Um, really there's not a lot on the line. So that's a wonderful opportunity for quiz masters to get in there and, and really everybody quiz masters, answer judges, scorekeepers to get in there and try things out and to get better and better at their craft, right? Um, quiz, uh, 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 scorekeepers, right? Um, actually practice filling out a, a quiz sheet, right? So if there happens to be a scorekeeper at a, uh, at a table already, go ahead and pull out a score sheet and score the quiz and then compare your score sheet with a score, uh, the official score sheet, uh, and see where you, where you got things right or incorrect. Right. Um, that's a way to get better and better. And there's a specific set of notations that are expected. So learn what those notations are, but a lot of it is, is just practicing and always be looking for, always be looking for what is the 1% way that I can be better this quiz than I was last quiz, right? And part of that is also after a quiz is concluded, you know, in your mind, um, think through what are the things that went well? What are the things that didn't go well? Uh, wh where did I make mistakes? Identify those things and say, well, like, okay, well, what can I do to prevent those same kind of mistakes from happening 
you know, in the future? And what are things that I can do to optimize what I want to optimize for? You know, if, if I have a, an encouraging attitude uh, toward quizzers, that's great. How do I optimize that encouraging attitude? How do I make it even more effective for the, the quizzers that I'm working with? Right. And if, as especially as a quiz master, if you're making avoidable mistakes, you are having a, a negative impact on the quizzers. Yeah, exactly. Well, do you, can you give an illustration of what an avoidable mistake as a quiz master might be? Um, like if you're not consistent in reading questions, either in the pace or um, where you're stopping. Like if you are anticipating a quick jump, either on a question 20 or a finish this in the next, um, you are neg- you are, yeah, you are negatively impacting the quizzers because they are not receiving a consistent experience as outlined in the rule book um, in all of their quizzes and in all the rooms. Yeah. Well, and on that bombshell, do you have any other uh, tips or thoughts going into this first quiz meet of the season? I mean, I think especially for rookies and coaches and captains um, is you are learning stuff and you don't have to know everything and you can learn gradually. Yeah, indeed. I would say my biggest thing is really the biggest takeaway is uh, try your best to have fun, right? Don't worry about getting everything correct. Don't worry about making mistakes. Uh, You're going to make plenty of mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. The officials are going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Just try the best that you can to have as much fun as possible. Part of that is, you know, hanging out with uh, other quizzers, make friends, introduce yourself. I know that's easy for extroverts to do. I tend to be more introverted. So going out and introducing myself to other people is weird and scary and feels uncomfortable, but do your best to sort of mingle with other quizzers. Quizzers tend to be very friendly. So if you're, if you're a rookie and you don't know anybody, just go and say hi to some people. They will embrace you. They will welcome you. Uh, Quizzing is a very friendly sort of space and it's a very safe space where you can go and introduce yourself and not have people make fun of you or anything like that. They're, they're going to you know, they're, they're, they're nerds, just like, you know, you might be a quizzing nerd kind of thing. So take advantage of that, you know, find friends, make friends, make connections, um, and enjoy the process as best you can. And I would also say, don't assume that because you experience something, um, whether it's a, like a rule or a way things are done, don't assume that it's that way because very smart people have continually decided that this is the best way. Um, you might just have a better way of doing something. Um, so I wouldn't assume that what seems like the norm um, will has to be the norm forever and always and is even the best way to do a thing. Yeah, indeed. Always be looking for optimizations. Well, all right. And on that bombshell, we should draw things to a close. I want to remind everybody that uh, if you have any sort of disagreeing comments, we'd like to get that feedback because we love hearing from people who disagree. Uh, But even if you don't disagree and you just want to drop us a line and say hi, or if you have an idea for a future set of topics that you would like to hear on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at iq at cbqz.org. And I'd like to, you know, reiterate, this is not just, you know, this is a podcast, not just for quizzers, but it's also a podcast for coaches and officials and other leaders and so forth and parents as well, you know, non-leader parents. Uh, We'd love to hear from you as well. So please email us at iq at cbqz.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Our account is at Inside Quizzing. And you can also chat with us in kind of almost near real time on the Bible Quizzing Slack forum 
inside quizzing. And with that, I will say thank you all for listening. And thank you, Scott. Thanks to all, all of our listeners. And thanks, Griffin. <laughs>